Hello everybody and welcome to the History Voyager. My name is Benjamin Kitchings. As always, there are a zillion podcasts out there. Thank you very, very, very much for listening to mine. This is with a man named James who wrote a book called Media vs. Reality. We had a very interesting podcast ostensibly about the future. But really, it's really about the future as we perceive it today. Because as we all know, the future could change. I mean, and I think everybody who's come through uh, COVID-19, or at least the initial pandemic, uh, realizes that, that that COVID-19 could, or something like it, could change the future yet again. Um, and also, I want to say it was a very, because my guest is, is British, it was a very British and, and European slant, which was, was very interesting and I think uh, very, very, uh, in a way, utopian, although it wasn't utopian. We did touch on a little bit of the the dystopian aspects of it. But, you know, I actually kind of think we're we're going to, and I say this in the episode, but I, I think we're going to end up in a world similar to how historians of the Dark Age uh, think the Dark Ages went, which is, I think some places are going to be, you know, beacons of light and brighter than they are now, and some places are going to descend into darkness and chaos. And... Do I know the forces that are going to push that to happen? No, I don't know the forces that are going to push that to happen right now, although I can take, you know, some guesses. Um, but this was a very good show, and I'm essentially releasing it uh, into the universe as is. In fact, I am. I'm just going to master it and throw it out onto the feed, but the thing I wanted to say, um, was, aside from the fact that I really love being a podcaster, um, the thing I wanted to say was that I really do think I'm sort of at the tip of a spear here, and I'm seeing a new, uh, content revolution, and I don't know that even some of the people in this revolution realize the extent to which the revolution is A, just beginning, and B, going to continue. Um, you know, I I would love to stick around for 50 more years, although with a healthy body, and be able, be able to see what this world is going to be in 50 years. I, I don't know that I'll be able to do that, but I certainly don't think I'll be able to do that with a healthy body, but I don't know. Through this podcast, I've I've learned there's all kinds of medicine coming down the road, all kinds of treatments coming down the road, so who knows how old I'll get to be um, to see all this happening. But, you know, um, we just had a very interesting conversation essentially about what today the future is believed to be. But, you know, I, I don't know if 
what another black swan event is going to come along or or not i mean i'm part of the generation that, that grew up in in black swan territory actually i mean 911 uh the housing crash uh covid uh, all these black swan events just sort of happened um so who knows what's going to happen i mean one thing I think is going to happen is there's going to be a, a a real estate correction or crash in the office uh, arena, in the commercial real estate arena. Because honestly, I mean, I see a lot of people working from home, and I I don't think a lot of people have thought seriously about about that, um, what that could mean to the country and to society in the U.S., um, to say nothing of Europe or Asia. Um, but we're going to get into some of that, not by name, but my guest was a teacher, uh, had been a teacher working in Vietnam, and we talk about how he'd been digitally commuting for years prior to COVID. And here we are, with COVID, and he's digitally commuting just, just as normal. So, anyway, okay. Uh, like I always say, I'm having a great day, and I hope you are too. And um, thanks. I've got a lot of good podcasts stacked up. I'm gonna be releasing them. But uh, thanks. All right. Bye, bye, everybody. Hey everybody, this is Benjamin Kitchings with the History Voyager, and I'm here with James, and we're going to have a conversation that I have been wanting to have for eons, before I even knew what the word podcast was. Uh, James, why don't you yeah, you get us kicked off? Yeah, hello. <laughs> yes, yeah, so uh, I can get you kicked off. So I've recently written a book. It's called uh, Media Versus Reality, A Guide to the New World. Basically, the book is about the new world that we live in, including all the technology that we have around us now that are basically that our parents and grandparents never had. We basically have a new set of problems that they never had to deal with. And they have no advice really to give us about these problems because they never had to deal with them themselves. Right, so this book is is called a guide to the new world. This is about how how does somebody live in this new world with all these new technologies around. That's basically what it's about. So, okay, and we, you know, you and I both are living in this new world. Um, and I'm going to tell you a story that I think I can tell you because we've talked about it. I've talked about it with somebody else on air. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so there was a YouTube creator who contacted me and he wanted me to look at his show. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, I did. And it was a show about a man. It was a man and his wife and his girls, his daughters. Mm. And it was a, it was a show for kids, but you could tell adults could watch it too. It's called the dogs of town hall. Uh -huh. And the breakout star of this show was like a little girl, a little girl. Oh. And here I was amazed at this show. Like, first of all, I was amazed at the quality, mm -hmm. but I was also amazed, like, 
immediately like my television hat because I used to work in, in television. Right. So my television hat immediately kicked in and I was like, wait a minute. Okay. This little kid is being filmed hmm. and she's not old enough to go to school yet. Yeah. But if this takes off, because it might, because it's really hmm. good. So what's that school going to do later? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but know, by the way, was this a social media kind of? Uh, what was this? Where did you watch this online? It was on YouTube. So, is that social media? I'm not sure. It counts as social media, I guess. Okay. Yeah, you're sharing. Yeah. So, yeah. are you talking about like who were who filmed the program? Was it her parents? It was or? her father was the cameraman, and the yeah. wife was a character, and the girl and the daughters were characters. Right. And they had stuffed animals, and and I think a dog or a cat. But it was, now, it was a good. It was a good show. Was it fiction? Was it like fictional? Was it a story, or was it more like um, a documentary of their lives? Or you know, what what was, kind of? Yeah, it was definitely fictional. Right. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. So the weird thing about the world we live in today, for people who are born what we call digital natives, right, the ones yeah. who are actually born after social media has arrived is that their entire lives are going to be documented from the day they're born until the day they die. Every single stage in their life is going to be, they're going to be able to look back at it in detail and watch themselves. So it's going to be a strange, it's going to be very strange for them to look back at when they were, whatever this girl was, seven years old or whatever, and look, oh, that's me at seven, you know, and, and there's, you know, it's, there's something new. Some some of these families. This is obviously a fictional show, but some use some families use their kids as like a, you know, like they are social media influencers. But it's the whole family, and the, the whole family has to kind of act and pretend mm. that they are like the perfect family so that they mm. keep their following. It's a, it's a strange. It's going to be very strange for these kids to have all this footage of themselves when they're right. so young. Well, I think because I deal with this on my show a lot is I deal with, um, well, like right now you and I are having a conversation, mm -hmm. right? And if we la if we forget about everything else that goes into it after this conversation ends, right, mm -hmm. we can sort of lapse into a like, like say like we hit it off and like we like each other because mm -hmm. by the end of my podcast a healthy percentage of my guests actually get to where they like me. Yeah. Right. So yeah. maybe by three quarters in, we might drop a secret or, Hey man, did you, let me tell you a story, blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. You know, like you do over the phone or something. Yeah. And then I have to be later. I have to be like, Oh, Oh, that can't go on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> You can you can choose you can choose what goes on and what doesn't, right? But but the kid obviously can't choose anything, you know, right? <clears throat> so it's like, uh, yeah, you might even talk about a consent issue where the the child actually has not consented to having their lives put online. You know, okay, they've consented, but the, the people cannot consent until they are. Well, when it comes to sex, is what 18, 18. 16, 16. So, so right. what you know? At what age can you say that a child has consented to have to be on camera, and uh, to have yeah. their lives documented? You know. Well, let's. I mean, we can take this out of the abstract here. There, mm. there's actually a YouTube creator that I watch, 
who I would, and the, see, that's the other thing we were talking about this off air. Um, I have accountable, like take me for example, hmm. I have a countable number of shows that I can allege that this is how many people have heard me, hmm. but I don't believe that number because it doesn't jibe with the ranking of, right. of my podcast. And it also doesn't jibe with people who've told me, well, I've heard of you or, or this and such, mm-hmm. you know? So that's part of it right there. But so there's a YouTube creator who has a, a fairly large channel mm-hmm. and he's a very, I don't want to say he's a young man, but he's probably younger than us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, his i forget if it was his university or his, his high school or what whatever they call that in england because he's english uh um, depends <laughs> university was, is 18 plus college is 16 plus okay so. well didn't know that um <laughs> but <laughs> now you so know. his uh his school say basically wrote him a letter and was like is it okay that we don't know that it's okay that you're doing this can you get your parents permission right <laughs> or something what was he doing well, he was he's a soccer uh he he does a soccer channel okay on youtube like i guess you call that football I don't yeah football that's called. right yeah. <laughs> that's the pro- that's the proper name for the sport <laughs> english a uh, uh, a country uh, you know a language divided two countries divided by the same language whatever <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but, um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I mean, um, yeah. Anyway, it, it is weird. Uh, it, it's a yeah. new world, and and it is it is strange. Something else that occurred to me as well is that what's interesting is at some point, um, Facebook or any other social media site is going to have more dead people on it than alive people. So at some stage, you're gonna it, Facebook is going to turn less into social media and more into like a memorial site for the the dead right so if you're thinking about 50 years there'll be more accounts on facebook that are of deceased people than of people who are alive see i don't think i think it's not 50 i think it's because i have a facebook group Mm -hmm. and the engagement in my facebook group has plummeted true okay all right the engagement in my facebook group has plummeted um I now have more Twitter followers than I do Facebook friends on my mm-hmm. own personal account. Um, but also, like, I don't think some of my Facebook uh, friends are even still there, uh, or a lot of them. Well, Facebook really. is definitely um, declining in popularity. Yeah. Like, it, the problem is what happens is what tends to happen with social media is wherever the parents go, the, the young people leave. So Facebook used to be for young people and then all the old folks came along and the young people moved to Instagram. Um, and now some of the old people are kind of moving into Instagram. They're kind of moving away again to TikTok and Snapchat, trying to avoid their parents, basically. Um, so what, as soon as you get old people on the platform, it becomes not cool anymore and people leave. That's kind of what happens. Right, right. And I mean, like... um. You know, I, I have so something I know because I have a um, a Google ad campaign for this podcast, right? Right. Is first of all, Google is an ad agency. It's not a search engine, really. It's an ad agency. Mm. And and second, 
So there's something called an internet. There's something called an information auction, right? Mm -hmm. So I have a different information auction than you do, or say somebody else, right? Mm -hmm. So Google, I can put in coronavirus, right? Yeah. And it'll show me medical stats about coronavirus. Yeah. But so my neighbor who thinks coronavirus is is the flu and a hoax, mm -hmm. so they'll show him like that it's a flu and a hoax. Oh yeah. Oh, this is this is this is called a filter bubble, right? This, this right. is the name. This is probably one of the biggest unknown problems that we have in the world. Okay, the filter bubble is huge, and it's not just Google; it's Facebook, YouTube, all of the social media algorithms are personalized to you, which means that you are living in an information bubble, and what happens is that you, it you know, you see things that you like now. People, when it comes to politics, right? People don't like to to consume stuff that shows this from the other side of the political spectrum. They don't like to see that. It makes them feel frustrated and bad. So they have it doesn't make them feel good. So people don't watch it. Instead, they consume what they agree with because that makes them feel good. It gives them dopamine and positive chemicals, right? So what happens is that you just never see the other side of the argument. And what that does is it means that you become really sure of your own opinions. Like, because all the information that you are seeing online is all saying that your current view is correct. So you get really sure of yourself and you think that you are completely correct. And you actually never see anything really that is actually from the other side. And when you do, let's say you're a left wing guy and you see suddenly it pops onto your feed like, some right wing guy giving his points, you can't, you just can't understand what he's talking about. Because you, the two of you have been living in two separate realities for like the past five years. And then you cross paths and nothing, you can't even communicate anymore. You, you have like, you both got your own facts, you've got your own stories in your head. And, and that's why this, that is probably why, yeah. especially in America, there's such a divide. In the country right now between left and right it's like almost almost like a civil war in america right yeah well here's something that i've thought about a great deal um so two years ago i had a podcast with a man and the podcast did not go according to plan and that was none of our faults okay that was not my fault it was not his fault it was the technology that's why this podcast doesn't exist on on my feed okay mm -hmm. so i want to say that right now i for some reason and i don't know why this is mm -hmm. for some reason on march the on march the 14th 2020 which is when the National Basketball Association closed up. And the reason I know that is because I Googled it for my show. And I've said that a lot. So I just know that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. something I know. Okay. All right. Um, so on March the 15th, I knew the world was going to change. Like I knew the world was going to be different and yeah. never the same again. So I asked this very intelligent man, hmm. how do you think the world is going to change? Yeah. And he said, well, I don't know. And then he said, well, I don't think it is because, because, you know, we'll get over this. Right. So I knew it was going to change. Well, one of the changes is hmm. I can work from my bedroom anywhere yeah. in the world. Yeah. Okay. So now it's not like, it's not just 
that I can not meet the guy down the road. It's not mm-hmm. just that I can not meet him at work. It's that I don't have to see him. It's that I can have more meaningful relationships with people across the planet mm-hmm. than somebody who goes to the same polling place I do to mm-hmm. vote. And right, I don't yeah. think anybody's thought about that for real. I have, <laughs> but but well, most I people have, haven't. I've, I've thought about that for real. I mean, I've thought about that a lot. Right. Marshall McLuhan, um, who's a famous media scholar from like the 60s, he talked about how that we live in a global village. Okay. He yeah. says it'll be as small, it'll be as big as a planet and as small as the village post office. A global village is what we live in now, which means that you are, we, we've erased time and space, which means mm-hmm. that you, you, in so many ways, you're not limited by your location at all, really. So you can, um, you know, you can have connections with people in, in Australia or, you know, any it, language barriers still exist, obviously. But if you have a, another English speaking country or they're able to speak the same language as you, then you can connect with them and you can form groups with them. Right. So mm-hmm. this is a huge revolution. Right. This mm-hmm. is in this has never happened before in all of human history. This is the first time that it's ever the world has ever been like this and i think you're right that people don't really think about it or even uh take it seriously or try to understand what this is the the thing is of this is going to change so many things that there's too much you know even though i wrote a whole book about it it's still way more than i could put in there it's um it's so much is going to change that you can't even keep track of how much is going to change because of this well, right. I want to just throw something out, like, right now, because we're talking about this information revolution, and we're talking, and I agree with you, this is going to change, and I even think, like, in a couple of years, like, the, the language barrier is going to go away, because you'll be able to translate yeah. stuff, yeah, um, and you'll be able to have some sort of a relationship with somebody in, that speaks Swahili or Mandarin or whatever, yeah, right, but so I want to pull the curtain back a little bit because here's something that i've noticed so i have what we the english word for this thing is a phone mm-hmm. okay um it's not a it's not just a phone it's a pocket size supercomputer yep right and i was having problems getting this clunky piece of software to get so we can have a real-time conversation mm-hmm. across the planet and i was thinking my next phone, I swear to God, is going to be big enough so that I is going to have a big enough situation so I can have a podcast with you, with somebody like you across the planet. Mm-hmm. Because this is just, you know, eh. But, well, the, you can. The, the only problem with not right. the only reason you can't use a phone is because of the microphones. And well, most of the microphones have jacks that don't go into the phone. That's basically the only reason that we can't use a phone. Well, That's right. Only- but. But what I'm saying is, right, what I'm saying is somebody else might just use this phone as a way to text somebody. Mm-hmm. And they might not know, for example, that you can go on Amazon on your phone and through an app and buy things or just whatever. So yeah. that to me is the other part of this revolution is it's not even. No. Like it's nowhere close to even. Well, no, but you say that, and but in many ways, it really is. It's the most even, and things have ever been ever. 
because if you think about it, it doesn't actually matter which country that you're living in or which like like how rich your country is. Now everybody has exactly the same access to information, right? That 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 has even things out across the whole world. So in the past, really, if you wanted access to information, you had to be going to a school or at least have access to like a library, right? Nowadays, all you yeah. need is a phone. Probably you could probably get one for like say seventy bucks, seventy dollars, and now you have access to all the same information that everybody else in the richest countries in the world have. You could be an African kid in Africa, and you can have all the information that you need to become successful, right? You could okay. start an online business. You yeah. could, uh, you know what I mean. You can do all yeah. that. It's even things out more than anything but ever has. Actually. It has, but here's what I mean by it's not even. Mm-hmm. So I know there's an app that I could put on my phone to where we could have a conversation across the planet. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, but I don't think that neighbor that thinks the coronavirus is a flu knows that. Maybe not. <laughs> um, especially the, the older generations, obviously, are a bit disadvantaged because yeah. they don't know how the, all this stuff works. And I so. don't even, but I don't even see, but I've, I've talked to folks all over the planet for my podcast and it's not just the old people. This right. technology was never, so here's our problem hmm. basically, right? This technology was never, at least to me, taught to me in school. Like the technology I'm using now, I just figured out yeah. because I used to use it as it for games or I knew like there's a guy in, I'll give you an example. There's a guy in Connecticut who I know through podcasting who told me about this app or this program that that I'm talking to you on. Hmm. And had I not known him, I would not know about this way to talk to for us to talk. And that's just an example. Mm -hmm. That's just one example. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Now, it depends. I mean, definitely it's like the people with a lower IQ, right? Because, I mean... Mm -hmm. It, this is quite controversial. I don't know all about this, but I believe from hearing other people speak is that someone's IQ is kind of, in many ways, you're kind of born, in a lot of the ways, you are born with a certain ability. So mm. there are some people out there that really are never, they could never, they could never become like an engineer. Like it's just not possible for their brain to actually do it. And so, I mean, that's some people would say that's not true. And I, I don't know about that. Who knows? But I think that's the case. And that means that all of these kind of lower IQ people are going to really be struggling when um, all the manual labor jobs and all the basic jobs are kind of not there, like truck drivers, for example. You know, you need it's difficult as we move more into this like technology knowledge economy. The people who are, don't have such a high IQ and are not good with technology, they're going to really struggle to make a living, you know? I th- yeah, I think I agree with that. But I think the other issue is that it's – I don't know if this is IQ. I, I would imagine IQ comes into this somewhere. Hmm. But it's flexibility. It's the ability to – it's the ability to say, for example – there's a guy in England that I really want to have a conversation with about a book he wrote about yeah. the internet. Yeah. How do I have that conversation? I can't have it over a phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't call him over the phone. Right. I can't write him a letter. I can't write him. A, 
how do I do that? You know, you can write me a letter if you like. Okay, but but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but you know, like this piece of software, I don't even think is two years old. Right. Right. So this whole thing is new. I've and never, I've never seen it before. So yeah, yeah, it's great as long as it works. It, you know, plugged to Zencaster, not a sponsor. It's great as long as it works, but when it fails, oh Jesus! Definitely not a sponsor. <laughs> 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 it's if, getting, if it's a sponsor it's probably the worst sponsor i've ever heard <laughs> so. that's that's the tagline when it fails oh jesus <laughs> oh jesus <laughs> yeah really gonna draw people in uh, yeah um anyway uh yeah, so so in yeah in, in many ways it it is basically it's changed the landscape. I mean, in many ways it yeah. is a great um, even things out in terms of where you live. Like mm-hmm. for example, I was living in Vietnam before, and it's a relatively poor country. <clears throat> the The wage of like a normal Vietnamese person is about three hundred dollars a month, something like that. However, if you become a software developer, you know you can earn whatever the hell. You you're capable of earning because it's online. If, if you can produce yeah. a certain level of work, you, you can get the same rate as somebody in the UK, right? So these kind of barriers, which were there before, where you had to live in a certain country, in the past, there's really been like the West and the rest of the world, right? The, we had the rich countries and then everybody else. But right. now it's very different. I mean, anybody, the smart people from any country can can they can make a living online right and they can get what they deserve in a way without mm-hmm. the limitations of happen you know because they happen to be born in a poor country you know so yeah but but certainly in terms of how smart people are that's going to rest- you know things are going to change the in the past yeah. you could maybe get away with being a kind of a bit of a, a what's a word like a bit of you know, not the smartest, not the sharpest tool in the shed. Right. Uh, but it's going to change. It's going to, you can't, yeah, it's, it's annoying. The more, you get my I get, point. Yeah. I get what you're saying. What yeah. you're saying is like, there's going to be this new world that comes on, which actually has been here for a while now. Um, yeah, it's begun. Where, we are here. Yeah, no, I know it's begun. I, I get that. But it's been here for, uh, here's the thing I say on other podcasts, right? The striking thing to me about what we've done post in the in a post March twenty twenty world uh-huh. is all we did, if you think about it, is take pre existing stuff and repurpose it for this world that we live in today, where a critical mass of people believe there is a neurological disease that is contagious. Uh-huh. Okay. Now not everybody believes that in this yeah. country. Yeah. But that's what the medical science seems to show. Well, so, there's, def- there's definitely a virus. <laughs> I mean, that's that's right. not up for debate. <laughs> well, right. I mean, I'm not going to debate that with you. But again, you know, so all we really did was take pre-existing platforms and technology. Mm-hmm. My question is, and it's a question, what happens when people start saying, okay, people might never go back to offices again. Mm -hmm. Like that might never happen. 
Yeah. Again, how do we function as though we might never do that again? Well, first of all, it's pretty interesting because like remote work has been available since about 2010. You know, this people could have done this 10 years ago, right? All the technology was there to actually do it 10 years ago. It's only now that pe- I think there's been a mass realization like, oh, actually, I just realized I can work from anywhere on the planet. Um, actually, I mean, I've been working remotely since about 2018. So, you know, this is actually not when the pandemic started, this is not new for me. I was already using Zoom. You know, I was already teaching classes online. It was not, but everybody else in the world seemed to suddenly realize that they didn't need to be in a certain place to earn living. And mm-hmm. uh, that I was living in Vietnam and earning a living, right, online. And uh, I think people have realized that you can go anywhere. So the thing is, there's a lot to cover. Like, so we're going to be living in a world where remote work is really common, right? So there's going to be good positives and negatives. The first one is that people are going to realize that they don't, they can move somewhere with a low cost of living. Like people, they realize that actually, I, if I wanted, I could move to Thailand and earn the same wage online, right? But be paying way less in rent and food and everything else. So a lot of people are going to realize that and glo- tourism is going to skyrocket, right? P- assuming that we don't have a virus problem, you know, which stops travel, which could, you know, who knows. But assuming that you can still able, still able to travel around, people will move where it's cheapest, mm. right? And that mm. might not even be abroad. That could be within your own country. Like if you're in America and you live in New York, you might decide to move down to Florida, right? Because it's cheaper prices. Or um, Idaho. Or, sure, wherever. <laughs> I, I don't know US that well, but I know yeah. that Florida is cheaper than like the East Coast, right? It depends on where you go in Florida, but sure, yeah. Okay, you get the point. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, so yeah. You, what you can do is you can if, or you can actually do this already. You can you can go online. You can use a website called um, numio.com and you can compare the costs of living across different countries and different places. So you people will be choosing where they live, not based on where their job is, but based on you know, where is the cheapest, right? And also where's the good weather and where's the good lifestyle. And then, yeah, some people might choose not to move because they're near their friends and their family, right? Not everybody will move. But uh, there's going to be a lot of tourism. Yeah. Let me throw a wrinkle in, okay? Mm Because you're you're probably the first person I've talked to Mm -hmm. that I can have a meaningful conversation about this with since I've had this thought. Right. Right. Um. Let's say that virtual reality really takes off because yeah. as soon as I heard about it from a, as soon as I heard about the realistic appearance of it, like from a podcaster recently, hmm. right. And the podcaster then said, I have no idea what anybody would use this for. And I was like, Oh, I wouldn't have said that chief. <laughs> I can oh, think of about I, a thousand things. That it was gonna oh, be used. I know exactly what that you can use this for. Yeah. Holy God. Like, okay. Let's do a hypothetical. We're both mm-hmm. dudes. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're both dudes. I know where this is going. Right. <laughs> but let's let's keep it family, right? So let's, let's Do we say, have to like, keep it family? Well, I'm ready to not say for work, but my mom listens. Okay. So I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> Hi mom. Uh also my little sister listens. Okay. How old um, is she? Uh um, she over eighteen? 
Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> no, Everyone's... she's over 18. Okay, good. But the thing is, like, so you meet a girl, right? Mm-hmm. And you want to hang out with this girl, say. But, you know, she lives in the Sahara and or I don't know. <laughs> in the in, Sahara. Yeah. In Greenland or wherever, right? Yeah. And you live in Atlanta or New York or London or Man- wherever, right? Mm-hmm. And But you want to, you know, so what do you do? You put on a virtual reality outfit. Yeah. Or and y'all can see each other and hang out yeah well jesus imagine how and then like i bet you anything like in five years this english language barrier that we have is going to disappear possibly um so there's a lot there's a lot there to talk about right so in terms of in terms of the language barrier translation technology is improving a lot actually i am actually on the side uh english teacher Right, so uh, I am sometimes a bit worried about how long that job will be there, um, because okay, there's let trans. Me, let yeah, go ahead. Let me help you here. Yeah, there's a review of the Pixel Six that came out. The phone came out a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. There's a review I saw that you've got to see to believe. Right now, if you think about that as a first gen product, I'd say honestly, friend to friend, you have about five years to be an english teacher right yeah well it, it's a bit more complicated <laughs> than that because um some people prefer to um so you can translate stuff but it doesn't mean that you can understand the culture and the uh mm. like the idiom the expressions and things like that but definitely it's there's gonna come a point where basically if you imagine this right so imagine that you have let's talk about the metaverse right or augmented mm. reality you'll be able yeah. to in the future, we won't be looking down at a phone. We're going to have something in front of our eyes, a pair of glasses, hopefully, or maybe contact lenses, whatever. Yeah. But there's going to be translation, instant translation. So you'll have something in your head, your ears, and a Chinese person can be speaking to you, and it will actually translate what he's saying in real time, like exactly mm-hmm. the same time that he says it. It will be translated mm-hmm. to English, and it can even be in his voice. It can, they can actually take his that, voice and put it together in English for you. Yeah. Okay. The fact that it's even in his voice, just like yeah, bonkers, bonkers. So, so you can do that on a, on a program called Adobe Voco. You can Jeez. take someone's voice and you can put it together in a way that um, is exactly, it sounds like them, right? And you can make them say whatever you want. So you'll be able to translate in real time. So, so people in the future learning a language will be like... Um, kind of a, a kind of a strange rare thing that someone would do because it'll be like it's like someone using a typewriter today like they'll be like why are you learning a language like what's the point you know like the, why would you spend it takes years to learn a language why would you do that we can just put a we can have instant translation uh in our ears so what's the point um now the other let thing is yeah me, can i ask you a question like yeah. let me i don't know how far off the book this goes oh by the way uh in case the microphone didn't pick it up a second ago yeah i was literally just mouthing the word wow (laughs) yeah i could hear it (laughs) we could all hear it okay all right okay um jesus um (laughs) okay let me ask you a question all right so we've sat here in the past 30 minutes we've we've uh relegated um learning german 
to the dustbin, right? <laughs> Maybe. We've, yeah. In a classroom, in a classroom setting, okay? Perhaps. Maybe, I'm thinking perhaps it might take more like 10 years. I mean, I'm just guessing. Five years might be a bit quick. So, I, would, I would say in five years, you will have some translation technology, but it will not be perfect. Maybe so, another five years to make it good enough, you know? Here's a thought I have, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, how old are you? I'm 30 now. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. Do you have any five-year-olds? Do you have any, like, do you know a five-year-old or do you know somebody who has a five-year-old? Yeah, I've, my, uh, I've got um, <laughs> how many? I've got three nieces and one nephew. Okay. So, yeah. Here's are. something you need to do as somebody interested in the future. Hmm. And I'm not kidding at all. Mm-hmm. You need to take that five-year-old and watch Star Trek, the next generation, and watch Star Trek Enterprise with them. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't think, I don't the- think they'll be interested in it. But, uh, okay, well, try. maybe maybe go up a year or whatever. Yeah, and they won't be interested because to them this is reality. To them, Star Trek Enterprise or Star yeah. Trek, whatever is reality. Apart from like the the monsters, like the kind <laughs> of like the alien people. Yeah, I get your yeah, point. The technology is the reality. Yeah, and I don't know, man. See, here's what I think because I didn't know what a podcast was ten years ago. Yeah. But I would have had if I had had a podcast ten years ago, we would be we would have been talking about everything we've said now as though it was going to happen in twenty years or thirty years. Yeah, yeah. All that's going to happen. So something's going to come along in next year or a year from now. Yeah. And we're going to zoom twenty years in the future. It's way way <laughs> faster than people think. It's true. You know. Um, yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And but so the the original question I wanted to ask you is, yeah. if you say you don't have to st- learn German in a classroom setting, because mm-hmm. I took German in high school and college, mm-hmm. all right. Say for some reason there's no need to learn, I don't know, ge- algebra or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, because yeah. you can just plug it into a tablet. What yeah. do you do with people from the ages of zero to twenty two? <laughs> um, well, there's still lot. No, there's still lots to learn. I mean, so what yeah. subjects? Yeah, I mean, I mean, spelling. Except maybe not. Well, spelling because people got to write. Well, even even that. <laughs> I mean, you know, we have spell check, <laughs> but but I mean, yeah. So there's still loads to learn. I mean, um, you know, you've. I mean, philosophy. <laughs> um, are we all going to learn coding? I mean, are we going to have a bunch of Python well, e- even or? that. I mean, if an AI can write code better than you know, the average human, then why, you know, it depends how much AI can take over the job of writing code in the future. I mean, I don't know that much about that topic, but I know that AI can write some code. Um, but again, I'm not a programmer, so don't, don't we, go with me there. Are we all going to become artists and baker? I mean, okay, because I've had this conversation with a guy, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if it made the internet or not, but he saw this world where we would essentially all become content creators on the internet. Yeah. And I just don't know that that's doable. <laughs> it's, it's hard to say. I mean, we, the thing is, yeah. it's not, we can't, obviously we can't all be content creators. Like there are people still who need to be uh, doing the physical labor, like uh, plumbers, doctors, nurses you know there's probably teachers also i know that people say i I would say you can't have an ai teacher for kids you need a human being it's not very healthy for the children to be 
taught by a robot, to be honest. Um, no, there's still a lot of jobs that need to be done. Um, you know, the, the people still have to run the system. You, you, not everybody can sit at home on their laptop. We need somebody to go and fix the pipes and the electricity and all that stuff, right? So it's, also, it's not everybody. Also, like I want my, you know, artisan or whatever, you know, I want the banana bread made by a person. Like I can get the banana bread made by a robot at the store, but when I want to go to the bake shop, I want that made by a person. Why? What's the difference? I don't Okay. Um, <laughs> and what if the robot is faster and you can get it to you faster if it's made by a robot? Because slow-baked bread tastes better? Okay, uh, so the robot can slow-bake the bread. That's fine. And you can also you also know from the robot there won't be any hygiene issues. It'll be perfectly clean. Which one are you going to choose, the human or the robot? I would still choose the human. Okay. So some some people might make personal choices like that and just decide, you know, yeah. like in, in Japan right now, you can get robot restaurants, right? Where you don't have a waiter or a waitress. You have, you know, a little robot that kind of yeah. comes around and gives you your food. But I think, again, people might choose they want to go to the place with a human waiter, right? So we can often choose to, yeah. we, we want a real social interaction and not some robot, right? But yeah yeah mm -hmm. i mean i okay the example i give is you can go to us you can go to a i can go to a a grocery store in america and we're known all over the world for our the kind of food we have right yeah. for a variety of food but also like you know the food you, a lot of the food you get at the grocery store might not be the healthiest okay in, yeah. in this country um so I can go to the store and I can get a bit, uh, a loaf of banana bread made by a robot, you know, but it doesn't have the best ingredients because it's made for cost. Or I yeah. can go down to the bake shop and that's made with better ingredients. But that's and about the ingredients. And that's not about the robot. Yeah. It only tastes better. I mean, the robot can put those ingredients in as well, you know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> And the robot right. isn't going to make any mistakes ever. And it's going to use the perfect um, amount of ingredients every single time. So you know. But then again, maybe you, maybe you prefer if it's slightly different every time. Maybe you don't like how it's a bit artificial. Like it tastes exactly the same every time. I don't know. Um, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, there's, it's the difference between homemade chocolate chip cookies and Chips Ahoy. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Um, what was going back to the thing you were talking about virtual reality before, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is going to take off. It's really just a matter of time. They still got a few problems, like with the um, the sickness, whatever it's called, the motion sickness. So it's, VR isn't sometimes not that comfortable to use for like more than an hour. It's a bit like you don't feel so good. And also the headsets are still quite. They, most of them need to still be attached by cable to like a laptop. So they're working more on remote headsets, right? So th there's a few problems, but eventually VR is going to take off. And like you said, you will be able to speak to your uh, girlfriend in another world, but it may feel very much like she is here with you. Now, I don't want to... <laughs> you said it's a PG-13, but if you're going to talk about sex technology, okay, VR is going to be a big issue. It's going to be a big... <laughs> a big problem so first of all i mean 
por- two right right now people watch porn on a, a 2D screen, right? It's mm-hmm. uh and you watch from usually from like an outsider's perspective, like you're stood by the side and and it's videoing them. The VR experience will be 3D, or you can look in different directions. You can make you'll be able to make eye contact with the the person in the scene, right? So your brain is going to basically be tricked into thinking that you are there. Of course, you're going to know rationally that you're not really there, but your lizard brain, like the back of your brain, which is like your instincts and everything, is going to believe basically that you are there. and You're going to get very aroused, basically. Um, and then on top of that, you're going to have other, not just VR, but you're going to have, how do I put this, like um, pleasure technology attached to your body as well okay so that you can imagine you don't need to go into detail for that but you can imagine what that might be things that are actually you know touching your body the robots that are actually touching your body in sync with the vr scene that you're watching and at a certain point the vr experience might you could argue might be better than a real sexual experience right well here's the question that i have um so and again i'm gonna pull the curtain back a little bit as a Mm -hmm. podcaster okay um yesterday i had a chat with a man you can go listen to it now i've put it online i put the entire interview up Mm -hmm. warts it all i had a chat with a man who he lives in the Ukraine and he talked about that. Right. Right. And I could just, in my mind, I could just hear, even though he didn't actually say it, I could hear all the problems that mm-hmm. he deals with. And, and even more so in our little chat that we had the pre chat. Okay. And the thing about being a podcaster, talking to folk, talking to average people, is I hear all sorts of slices of life. Yeah. And so when I come back to this world, when I come back to my world in this house, in this county, in this state, I look at problems differently. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> I look, you know, people will present me with a with an issue, and I'm just like. That's not a problem. There, there's somebody right. like there's somebody in the world right now that is living in a country where the northern border of that country is mm. controlled by Russia. And yeah. You want me to solve this? Yeah. I, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever <true>. happens. <laughs> yeah. If it's somebody you know, complaining about, well, she said this and he said that and he was mean to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i don't care but but okay so that's just me as a podcaster and all i'm experiencing this is with my eyes and ears mm-hmm. okay but if you could feel another part of the world yeah boy i just would imagine jesus it's hard to say i mean like of course <laughs> we can all we can already watch videos of like poor countries and poverty and stuff right we can see it um, but still, I think there's still a, a, a blockage. Like people, people kind of compartmentalize that 
and kind of part I think people don't really believe it's real. Yeah. When when they see like extreme poverty, they can't really understand that that's real. You know, it's like yeah, they rationally they know okay, it's real, but they don't most people don't emotionally feel it as if they were there. Okay. A, v, a VR experience might help people to feel a little bit more like um, to feel it a bit more emotionally so that they yeah. can really understand that this is a real situation like Ukraine do- is the people in the east of Ukraine are the Russian soldiers are literally you know next to their village they are there right real people you know well so like I mean so before when you see YouTube video even now when you see YouTube videos right mm-hmm. a lot of the higher end YouTube videos are made by maybe a company right you know? uh, yeah, not all. I mean, the higher not when all. you say, I mean, you think of PewDiePie, for example, right? But I was thinking of like, so what's the the German company uh, that does the soccer, or I'm sorry, football uh, documentaries? You know, honestly, I don't know. DW or oh yeah, like, I've seen those DW documentary. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, that's sort of man or woman on the street stuff, but it's still there's a gatekeeper. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But with this, especially with me, when I'm just talking to somebody, there is no gatekeeper other than the person on the other end of this microphone. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it, that's that's right. The gatekeepers are gone, except yeah. the gatekeepers are still trying to claw back their what they had before. Like mainstream news, yeah. for example, is still trying to pretend like it is the only way to get proper information. And it's, it's not, not true. I'm telling you right now, I'm on the tip of a spear here. Hmm. Uh, I'm telling you right now, it's not going to work. They're not going to be able to do it. Because this is too easy. Yeah. This is too easy. It's too cheap. And it's too interesting. I think so. Although it's, it's hard to tell. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I mean, if you look at YouTube, um, the the mainstream media has made a deal with YouTube so that um, their videos rank like CNN, you know, BBC, MSNBC. They are the ones who rank above everything else now. So okay. it doesn't yeah, matter but- even if they have very little views or very little subscribers. They are actually have priority on YouTube now. And I so. hear what you're saying. Okay, I understand what you're saying, hmm. but. What's YouTube? YouTube's a website. Mm-hmm. People can make websites. Yeah, you know. But, but the it, it, sure. But there's a website called bitshoot.com, but hardly anyone is there. So it doesn't matter if the website exists. It's where are the people, and the people are on YouTube, right? Uh, so you're right today. I agree with you today. Mm-hmm. But my my bullshit detector because i'm a podcaster mm-hmm. my bullshit detector is way up like is way right. more sensitive than it used to be two years ago right and i just get to where i you know once i start to see that something is packaged or something is whatever i'm just like i don't want to see that yeah I mean, a lot, a lot of people have that mindset now. Like, whenever I yeah. see that something is from mainstream news, I just disregard it. <laughs> you know, they, they think they're the authority on news, and yet 
whenever I see something from CNN, I just switch it off because I know that it's not going to be good information. Well, what about, I mean, so what about British news? Do you do, you do the same with British news? Or just yeah, CNN? I mean, the situation in the UK is pretty different because we have the BBC, which is, well, it's taxpayer funded, right? So it's supposed to be kind of impartial because it doesn't, it doesn't have ads. There are no ads on BBC, right? But for whatever reason, yeah, that's the point. It's so because most news yeah. programs they are um, they are beholden to their the people. For most news programs they need to get ratings because they need to sell ads on the show, which oh, means true for true, and yeah. that means that they chew they sensationalize stories and make things. You know, they're not very responsible with the news. Like you know, they they're really choosing the news which is going to get the most views instead of choosing news which is the most you know relevant and important right so bbc is supposed to stop that i mean it, it's not yeah. bad but still I've, I've seen lots of bad information from the bbc as well especially since the pandemic started They're, i mean pbs yeah. we have a similar situation in america called pbs right okay uh, it's uh partially taxpayer funded okay uh, there's a lot of donations to it. There's no what you'd call. I mean, there are ads on PBS, but they're not ads. They're they're ads for show. They're ads for shows, right? They're ads for other PBS stuff. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, but even then, like some of the donations are a lot of them are from corporations or like uh, whatever. Yeah. But you know. I don't know. Like I always go back to, I so I had this is a opinion. Okay, I had an opinion about cryptocurrency. Yeah, that I had, and then and I was running around with the world having this opinion about cryptocurrency, and then I talked to this young lady in Venezuela mm-hmm. who told me a story, and then now I have a different opinion about cryptocurrency. Okay, okay, hmm. totally different opinion. Right. And you can actually go listen. There's a podcast I did. It's almost two years old, but it's real recent on the feed. Mm-hmm. And that was one opinion of cryptocurrency, but that was before I talked to her. Right. And now I have a separate opinion of it. But again, it's because I'm, I'm interacting with these people. Yeah, right? that's right. I mean, th- that is what the <laughs> so, internet, that's so. what the internet was supposed to do. Right, that was the idea of the internet: is that it connected everybody, and it does do that. But it's yeah. things have not gone exactly how <laughs> planned, um, because the internet has also caused loads of problems. But the the internet, the idea was when, like, back if you go back to like two thousand and the nineties, people had the dream that everybody would be able to understand each other and connect like that. So you would be able to hear someone in Venezuela, and then you would understand things better right and i got news for you she speaks she speaks better english there were words that she knew like the big words she knew yeah but like what's the little word that everybody would know for that (laughs) like what's the yeah right right you know like oh jesus oh yeah she probably probably does a lot of reading so people that read a lot have good vocabularies her story was fascinating she taught herself english because i kid you not she wanted to chat online with other people. Yep. So she taught herself English for that. Yep. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, 
Anyway, we could talk yeah. about England. I imagine the reason she's into cryptocurrency in Venezuela is because the local currency is worthless, or right? So well, Venice- there's a little more to it than that, but that's the nutshell version. And she doesn't live there anymore. She lives in Barcelona now. But- okay, nice. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So yeah, I mean, yeah. to t- talk about Venezuela, um, there are people in Venezuela who are playing, who are actually making a living through doing tasks in online games like World of Warcraft or RuneScape or other games like that. They're actually making an income on the game by doing t- like cutting trees inside of, a, of RuneScape, right, which is an online game. They are earning more doing that than they are any real job in their own country. So they're actually working. <laughs> they are working online, but like in a virtual world. Does that make sense? It does to me today. It wouldn't have made it. A bit of sense to me two years ago, right? <laughs> but today it makes. But but this is basically the future. Like if the metaverse is going to be coming, right? And uh, people will have jobs inside the metaverse, and there will be an economy. There'll be supply and demand of virtual items inside the metaverse as okay, well. Okay, let's talk about. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Can you talk intelligently about the metaverse? Because mm. I'm asking. Somewhat. I mean, okay. the pro- you've got to remember that I'm not a um, programmer. I mean, I can't write code. So if you want to talk about the technical aspects of it, I couldn't I, tell you anything about no, it. No, I, I don't want to talk about the technical aspects yeah. per se. What I want to talk about really is I know what it is, but mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Like I know what I've read in the media. So like, you've, got to th- you've got to think of um, v- metaverse is not the same as virtual reality. Okay, so there are two technologies coming. One is called VR, virtual reality. Another one is called AR, which is called augmented reality. That's the metaverse. Augmented reality is basically a digital world. like In in the same space as our real world, there will be a a second world in the same space as that. Okay, let me give you an example. Chances are it will be through a pair of glasses, right? So you'll put on the glasses... Let's say you walk down the high street wearing the metaverse glasses. What you'll be able to do, give you a simple example. You'll be able to look at a hotel, right? And the the prices of the rooms for the hotel, you won't have to go into the hotel to ask and get a, a booklet or a leaflet. The prices will be hovering in the air, like, like it'll be like a, a hovering in front of your eyes outside the hotel. When you put the glasses on, you will see the prices for the hotel hovering in the sky in front of the hotel. Does that make sense? So you can imagine it was like, yeah. like a single room, $20, double room, yeah. $40. And you'll be able to see the prices, you know, in, and if you take off the glasses, it will disappear. But if you put them on, you will see the prices there outside the hotel. Does that make sense? Um, if you want no, to, it makes you, sense. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's what you're going to have. You're going to have a digital world that is layered over the top of our world, of the real world of reality, right? So okay, but that's not the metaverse. That's well, that's that's the start. That's basically the that's okay. what the metaverse is. But that's that's like the very early basic example of the metaverse, right? So the part. So what I always heard the metaverse was was this virtual space where i could go and where i could air quotes go Mm -hmm. and say meet some of these people i'm interacting with through a podcast 
Uh, so, so yeah. So yeah, it's like I guess it's a bit. It's like a. It's it's okay. So what you could do is you've seen if you've seen the the movie Ready Player One. Have you seen this movie? I know about it. I've not seen it, but I know about it. So yeah. it, in terms of VR, um, what you can do is you are on a little treadmill, right? So the treadmill moves in all four directions. So you can move around forward, back, left, and right. And you put your VR headset on your head. And then you can enter a virtual world and you can go and you can meet your friends. You can create a room and you can meet your friends in a virtual space. Yeah, you can do that. Now, yeah, like as you can see, I'm not that good on the specifics of this, um, yeah. but that's basically what is going to happen. You'll be and you'll be able to walk. If you walk forward, your treadmill and your feet will kind of move backwards, so it will feel like you're walking forward, right? But in the physical yeah. world, you'll just be in one space, not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, I imagine that once you want to start jumping and stuff, maybe you'll need a bigger platform or something, right? But um. But yeah, and then you can go meet your friends, and you can choose your appearance. You can change your appearance, right? Um, you can have, you can make yourself look like a, like an alien or something, yeah. or you could make yourself, you could turn yourself into a dog and start crawling around and barking. Um, right. You could, t- you could. What the really weird one is that you can take your actual appearance, but you can just change it a little bit to make yourself just look a little bit better than real life like you can remove a few spots like photo retouching is done now everybody everybody in the metaverse will be perfect okay it will be a perfect yeah. second world where everybody looks excellent anybody right now who is maybe unattractive in the real world will in the metaverse they will look like models because they'll be able to choose how they come across like if you're obese if you're 300 pounds or something in the metaverse you don't have to be obese right you can just you can have a perfect body so that's yeah i mean and what's so crazy to me like what's so in what's so nuts to me about all this is like i just said like two or three years ago if you'd have told me this i would have thought whatever yeah but now that i've come through covid yeah right all it would take would be some little push or some little external push. Yeah. I mean, it's coming. I mean, there are only two options, right? Either yeah. the, there's a world catastrophe and all the technology stops moving forward. You know, there's a, a, you know, a, an asteroid hits the earth or a, a super volcano blows up and everything stops. The other possibility is that we have the metaverse. Well, <laughs> that's I it. Mean, I, to me, I think so. I have, you know, I have a master's in history, and right. and I've listened. So the way I got into podcasts at all was I started listening to podcasts, and I've honestly learned more about history through podcasts than I did in my college classes. Yeah, and and that's not a reflection on me or the schools I went to. That's just a reality and i want to throw that out there right now because i'm on twitter with some of my professors right professors but uh shout out but um what i want to say was the the research on the dark ages now right is like some of these places were scientifically 
you know, very advanced and mm. in the Mediterranean basin. And some of them weren't, you know, and that's where I think we're going. Honestly, it's hard that's to the say world. I think we're going to live in, by the way, we'll have to wrap it up in within 10 minutes. Okay. Oh yeah. No, no, yeah. I get it. I get it. We, we still, we exist in linear time. Uh, <laughs> We do, <laughs> yeah. But, I've got to, uh, I've got to uh, go in ten minutes, but, but yes. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, uh, I don't know really. I mean, I don't think. I think every, I think everybody's going to be in the technology. I don't think there's going to be many people who are in the dark, like outside it. I think most people will be inside metaverse, with maybe a f- some people might choose not to be in there, but I think yeah. most almost like you know, think about smartphones, right? Do you know anybody who doesn't have one in your life? I I don't know anybody who doesn't have one. I yeah. do know people who only use it to text people. Yeah, okay. And that's what I that's what I'm talking about. Like so, that's what I'm talking about, right? Like most people most people have a, a like an iPhone and they use it all the time though, right? That's like the majority of people is they just use it because it's yeah. convenient. Metaverse will be like that. Like almost everybody will be in it. With a few, you know, maybe a few people in in the mountains somewhere, or, yeah. or maybe you know a few people who just choose. They they saying no. I I as a principle, I refuse to use this technology. But ninety percent will be inside this second world, basically. Okay, James. Yeah. Because we live in linear time. Yeah. I'm gonna let you go. Okay. But I want to say this. Yeah. I loved having you. I want you to come back. Yeah. And if you just hang on the line while this sucker downloads. Yeah. Thank you so much. No problem. It was good to be here. And if you want to, you know, I have a book if you're interested. Oh, damn it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> do the, do the, sp- <laughs> uh, I'll just, just tell you quickly, just, uh, yeah. So it's called a uh, media versus reality, uh, a guide to the new world. And it's basically all about what we've been talking today. And it's also about how, how are you supposed to live in this world? You know how what is the right way to live it's going to include topics like pornography social media um advertising uh news media and all kinds of stuff like that so if this kind of topic is up your lane then go ahead you might like okay. it i, I want to have you back um, okay i'm gonna hit stop and we're gonna have okay. to download this sucker. All right. Oh, no. Hey, everybody. Uh, this has been Ben Kitchings of the History Voyager. As always, I'm having a great day, and I hope you are too. All right. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>